Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. agencies and individuals have tried a lot of different methods for pursuing the news media for possessing information that government officials don't want the media to have um, and so have private individuals and over and over again the United States Supreme Court has protected the press's right to possess and publish that information even when materials are originally stolen. This is uh, Carol Ocasero she is arguing on behalf of Gannett and PNJ who are the recipients of a um, well, what I believe is a slap, a strategic lawsuit against private persons designed to silence speech that the government does not like. Jeff Bergash urged his fellow commissioners to uh, pursue legal action to replevin, that is to recover, the documents that he says were stolen from his phone when he locked himself out of it through a variety of mishaps and then went to the county IT department in Scambia County and said, help me. And they did, uh, but unfortunately for him, again, according to him, uh, somehow that got out and wound up in the hands of Jonathan Owens and the PNJ and only God knows how many other people, apparently. Um, also, Alex Arduini listed in this lawsuit, but as we learned yesterday, uh, Alex doesn't have them. So he's just been dragged into this for no good reason whatsoever, uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. In any case, the... Um, the argument from Carol Ocasero representing Gannett yesterday in Okaloosa, uh, in the Okaloosa court was, hey, um, it doesn't matter where the documents came from. It doesn't matter how they were acquired in the first place, even if they were illegally gotten. And nobody knows whether that's even true because we don't know how they got to anyone. Right. There's nobody that can even Jeff Bergash admitted he doesn't know where they came from. So we're allowed to have documents that are of public interest. That's a principle the Supreme Court has again and again and again and again and again reiterated going all the way back to 1960s in the Pentagon Papers. So really the first case in the line of um, relevant um, constitutional case law was decided in 1971. It's New York Times Company versus U.S. at 403 U.S. 713. It's the Pentagon Papers case. Where- Sorry, I thought it was the 60s, 71, right? Okay, so dealing with the Vietnam War and the, you know, the classified documents that were leaked to the New York Times, um, the Ellsberg, right? Remember all of this vaguely? If you're young, maybe you don't remember, um, but you've probably heard of it. And the point of that is it doesn't matter where they came from or how you got them. They're there. And newsrooms are protected from anybody, especially a government, going into the newsroom files, especially with like a sheriff, because that's what it would look like in practice, is the sheriff would go to the news the newsroom and be like, give me the back with a gun. You know, that's what would happen. And she says not just the Supreme Court, not just the First Amendment, but also Florida law protects us. Chapter uh Florida statutes, and that deals with subpoenas, um, and it's similarly uh, to to what um, the county is trying to do here, subpoenas that go in and try to compel 
um, the providing of testimony or news gathering materials held by a newsroom. And that privilege um, protects the, the uh, Pensacola News Journal from, from compelled disclosures. So she says clearly, Gannett, the PNJ is protected in having these. The Supreme Court has said so. Florida law says so. Multiple case precedents indicate that. And, you know, the First Amendment, you may have heard of that. What the county's done is is trying to find another little theory to try to do what the U.S. Supreme Court case law and the statutory scheme has said over and over and over again that you can't do. You cannot go into newsrooms and seize their news gathering materials. And that is what a writ of replevin would be. And it would violate the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. So you might say, okay, that explains the Gannett, you know, news service kind of concept. But what about Jonathan Owens? What about Alex Ardrino? Well, we're getting there. You know, give me a minute. It took an hour and a half. Yeah, well, 45 really yesterday to watch all of this nonsense play out. Um, Nonsense being that it was, I believe, an illegal lawsuit to begin with. By the way, the county attorney herself, Allison Rogers, is not running this lawsuit. It's her deputy, Steve West. You read into that, whatever you want to read into it. Okay? Uh, Because remember that the anti-slap statutes in Florida will actually punish the lawyer who engages in strategic lawsuits against private persons. They're on the hook personally if they get found guilty of violating the anti-slap statutes. Again, you draw your own conclusions here, but Allison Rogers is not arguing this case. Uh, she assigned her deputy to it, or her deputy is the one who is working the case, Steve West. Anyway, um, the other person who was there, the several lawyers were there, of course, Dennis Green, representing Jonathan Owens, wants to know, what the hell is this thing anyway? I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I'm trying to figure out, is the county representing Commissioner Burgosh and his personal documents, um, or is the county trying to assert that his personal documents are also public documents. It's not clear here. And we just heard on the record where the county's taken the position that they've released all the public documents, and now they're seeking to replevin um, Mr. Burgosh's personal documents that were used on, on his uh, personal cell phone. So I'm a little unclear as to the county's standing and if they're trying to go after Mr. Burgosh's personal documents, why is the county utilizing county resources to do that, number one? Exactly. This is the thing I have raised with you since this was all begun is, remember, there's, you know, the argument from Jeff Burgosh is uh, there's public records on there, Sunshine Law stuff, and, well, you know, anybody's entitled to that. In fact, if you ask him, he'll give it to you. Okay, and they have now in the filing for the court in Escambia County, which is all you know public, they have released a redacted, heavily redacted version of the text messages, which they says everything that's a public record is on there. There's some dispute about that, okay, because apparently you know the comparison says that maybe not everything that's a public record is in there. So can we trust that? Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, other records on there that would be like just personal things that Jeff Bergash says and does, you know, they're not public record, okay. But why would the county have an interest in getting those things back for Citizen Bergash, who chose to use, as county commissioner, his personal phone for county business? Why is the county expending resources? What's their standing in this matter? 
The answer is there is none. So the lawsuit doesn't make any sense. And the second, the third one would be like sort of the, you know, HIPAA violations or personal documents or things that would violate other people's rights, um, you know, medical diagnosis, things like that that were also uh, on the phone. And um, then, you know, the question is, okay, well, is that the county's business or is that just personal business again? So what's the county doing here? Uh, And his argument is, look, they don't have any standing. And also, if the county has released all of the stuff that's important, then why do you need to get back the file? What will that do for you? The PNJ, for example, is going to say, we have all of the other stuff. We're not publishing it, obviously, because it's not of public interest. That, by the way, is an important distinction in this case, the difference between what is a public record, which would mean sunshine law in Florida, and the stuff that is of public interest, which a news agency is entitled to all of that if they acquire it. There's no problem there. And so you almost have to think about this case from the perspective of what if Florida didn't even have a sunshine law? You know, we didn't have the requirement to report public records and there were no obligation legally for Jeff Bergash to disclose anything that was done on his phone that involves county business. Because a lot of states don't have this law, right? Even if that were the case, the PNJ says we would still be entitled to keep and publish as we see fit the appropriate information that is of public interest in these files, just like the Pentagon Papers, which were illegally gotten in the first place, but protected by the First Amendment and the Supreme Court in the ownership after the news agency had them. So a lot of what you might hear from Steve West and from Commissioner Bergash is um, these are all public records, but that's not the issue. The issue is of things of public interest and things that are well beyond the Sunshine Law might be of public interest. Uh, you know, so meanwhile, and and Jonathan Owens, by the way, did not testify. Uh, the PNJ did not have somebody there that was uh, able to testify. They just had their lawyer, Alex Arduini, his lawyer, Eric Friday. And that's his sole, that's his primary defense. In addition to the fact that they couldn't get him if he had them, he doesn't have them. He just, he never has had them. He never was given possession of them. He's not one of the people who the confidential source gave them to. And then they had this conversation about, well, what, why did you bring him into this lawsuit? And the answer is on the basis of two extraordinarily weak comments on Facebook that Alex Arduini made. And those comments, which only a great stretch of imagination would indicate are good evidence that he actually has the documents. He says he didn't. He says he's never had them. And so here you have, you know, the commissioner through the commission and the county resources trying to sue a heavily protected First Amendment resource like the News Journal. They're going to lose on this one. A person that has been a critic of Commissioner Bergash and who sees all of this very much as a slap business, as trying to punish him personally. And then you have Jonathan Owens, who was given them, and the only reason he ever passed them along to anybody was having to do with Ramey Edler and her lawyers and the lawsuit that she is pursuing against the county for a variety of things dealing with their mismanagement of, you know, for example, medical-related things, EMS things. And so what's the basis of all of this? Now, I read, you know, reading the court, reading the, you know, the judge. It's a, ju- it's a bench trial. And uh, I-, I will tell you, he doesn't disclose very much other than that occasionally it's kind of funny he has to step in and tell various parties, including Commissioner Bagage, yeah, you, you're that's not how this works. <laughs> and you don't get to pontificate ad uh, uh, nauseum about your point of view about everything. And 
Um, it, <laughs> here. You just gave me about three different phrases that you say you have seen by Mr. Arduini and these church. Sure. I could have the attorney put it up on the screen. Steve, Mr. Bergosh, Mr. Yes. Bergosh, you've yes, got to wait for Mr. Friday to ask the question and then you have yes, to answer the question. If Mr. West has an objection, he can make it. Otherwise, you have to answer the question. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Mr. Bergosh, do you have, as you sit here today, do you have a copy of any screenshotted message where Mr. Arduini says, I have a copy of these messages? Your Honor, I have it on as, uh, an exhibit to the complaint. If that would be helpful, I can put it up on the screen. Is that an objection, Mr. West, or not? Uh, it is it is an objection because I think at this point, Commissioner Bergash obviously doesn't have the documents with him. Well, Mr. Bergash hasn't said that. So it, do you have an objection, Mr. West? Yes, Your Honor, I do have an objection. This is, I mean, I think he's answered the question. And is it, again, it's not relevant at this point because it's part of the complaint we filed. So your objection is relevance and that he's already answered it? Yes, Your Honor. Going to overrule the objection. So, not the greatest display of witnessing or lawyering. Um, but the real question is, what happens after this? This is all preliminary, right? To see if we're actually going to have a trial. And I'll tell you how I read the situation. What Gannett and uh, Dennis Green for Jonathan Owens and um, uh, oh, his name suddenly escapes me. Um, Eric Friday for uh, Alex Arduini. What they are clearly doing is wanting to dismiss the Replevin, but they are also setting up for the anti-slap lawsuits which are coming, right? They're wanting to get on the record evidence that the county didn't have a good basis for engaging in this lawsuit, which is now costing the defendants money and time, which is retaliatory and punitive and trying to get them to shut up and punish them for, you know, doing the big bad thing to Jeff Bergash. And those lawsuits are coming, and this is the setup to those lawsuits. And by the way, the reason, you know, for example, the reason that um, Jonathan Owens didn't testify is because out of Jeff Bergash's own mouth, you have at least two different investigations, you know, one by the state attorney and another by the FBI, and who knows if there might be more, that might involve alleged criminal infractions. And as Jeff Brosh continually likes to say, the mere possession of documents of a personal nature that are in these texts would constitute a violation of Florida law. He likes to always talk about how he knows that law real well. And, okay, so those are all allegations of criminal activity. Well, why on earth would you talk either in a county commission meeting recently or during a trial like this and potentially give, you know, Anybody evidence that they might use to prosecute you, that's the whole purpose of the Fifth Amendment is you have to find that evidence without talking to the defendant. So uh, he stayed silent. The PNJ argue, uh, lawyers argued and uh, Alex Arduini actually did testify and basically said, yeah, I don't have them. I don't know who's got them. I've never had them. Uh, why are you doing this? <laughs> I mean, this really looks an awful lot like the whole purpose of what you're trying to accomplish here is uh, to punish me. Mr. Arduini, uh, do you believe this in, that this lawsuit against you was brought to get you to quit commenting on uh, the Facebook site that you regularly comment on? Absolutely. It's called the Scambia Citizens Watch. The The group has over 25,000 active members from Escambia County. Yeah, actually, I think ECW has about 11,000 members. Um, 
Commissioner Brigash is very dismissive of ECW because he hates them and some of them hate him. Um, you know, there was 15 people on that site was something that he kept saying over and over again, which is um, well beyond an exaggeration. Uh, I don't know. It's one of the most useful resources that I know of in this county. I've learned so much from ECW, run by a good now friend of mine, became a friend because I met her through this, uh, Jamie Rogers. And um, you know, you've heard her on the show if you listen for a long enough time. Uh, he hates that site because they constantly share information about county commission, county be- business that they think is a mistake. And good news, too, but also very, very critical of him. Uh, and so he doesn't like them. 525 on News Radio 92.3. Where do I think this goes? I don't know what the judge is going to do, but I highly suspect he's going to dismiss all of this silliness. And then it'll be the retaliation from the victims in the slap suit, which would be Alex, Jonathan, and PNJ Gannett. And obviously that'll be after the other stuff happens. 525 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. And if you need to buy a home, need to, or just, you know, maybe not even need, maybe not want even, you're just kind of thinking about it. You know, because every idea that you act on begins as a supposition, right? You know, is it time to upsize? Is it down to, it's time to downsize? Time to add one? You know, or to buy your very first because you've been living in a rental or living with your parents or, you know, whatever the case may be. Hey, give Christine Leavenworth a call. She and her folks at Levin Rinky Realty can help you with that. They're experts. They sold 175 homes last year. They certainly know how to do the buying and the selling. And more importantly, she'll just give you good advice. You know, she'll tell you what she thinks. And, you know, if that means that you don't do anything great. She helped you make a good decision. If that means you do something, great. That means she helped you make a good decision. She just loves meeting people and talking to them about real estate. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenworthy Realty. For a short month, February sure has a lot going on. The big game, Mardi Gras, Valentine's, and President's Day, to name a few. So, what else can we celebrate? How about a very low interest rate and $500 cash when you finance a 2024 Volkswagen at Feedmore Imports? That's right. Feedmore Imports now offers 1.9% financing for 48 months on all 2024 Tiguan and Taos models, plus $500 customer cash. The 2024 Tiguan S from 29101 and financing for 1.9% at 48 months. The 2024 Taos S from 24991 and 1.9% financing at 48 months. Plus the 2024 Volkswagen Jetta S now from 22481 with available financing of 1.9 at 48 months. These deals won't last long, so hurry to feed more imports. They're not in Car City, but at 106 New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rates and bonus cash from qualifying credit CCI must take retail delivery by March 4th, 2024. See you for details. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Vapo Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Vapors in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself <sighs> and my family. <sighs> Thanks, Mom. Vicks Vapo Stick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapo Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use as directed. Vapo Stick for use ages 4 and up. Vapo Shower use for adults only. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite movies, the Kubrick classic, Dr. Strangelove. Steve uh, Taylor is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning. Former President Trump's civil fraud trial is expected to receive a verdict today. The New York judge overseeing the case has already found Trump did engage in fraud and must now decide what penalties he and the company should pay. Uh, State Attorney General Letitia James is seeking $370 million and a ban on Trump and other defendants doing business in New York. Fulton County, Georgia DA Fonnie Willis will be back in court today. That comes as the court determines if she should be tossed from the former president's Georgia election case because of misconduct surrounding her and Trump prosecutor Nathan Wade. In fact, we'll have more details coming up right here on News Radio 92.3. Outstanding, Steve. Thanks so much for the update. Uh, apparently, Russia's working on a weapon to destroy satellites, but hasn't deployed it yet, so don't worry. Everything's cool. Uh, you'll still be able to get your uh, ESPN off the satellite. And uh, Tennessee is pushing a bill to ban the sale of cold beer in order to decrease DUIs. Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa. Donald Trump could be fined well over $300 million. He could lose the right to conduct business in New York State. That could be part of a judge's decision today in the civil fraud trial brought by State Attorney General Letitia James. Plus 39 days until attorneys uh, for Mr. Trump and prosecutors in New York City begin jury selection in his alleged hush money payment criminal trial. I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. The judge denied a motion to toss the case. While Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis returns to the witness stand this morning in a hearing for Donald Trump's Georgia election interference case, defense attorneys are focusing on her finances. She testified she repaid her boyfriend, the special prosecutor in the case, for she paid him cash for several trips. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning and happy Friday. It's 531, 55 degrees and cloudy. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. It's no surprise to those who drive US 98 through Navarre that more than 41,000 cars pass through Navarre each day. Now, Santa Rosa County's taken the first step in addressing congestion concerns there. Yesterday, they held a public forum at the Tiger Point Community Center showcasing a plan to build a bypass road through Navarre to ease congestion on 98. Santa Rosa uh, County Zoning and Planning Director Sean Ward told Channel 3. Anything we can do to keep the neighbors off of 98, allow them to get to the Publix, to the library, to the YMCA and things like that without having to get on the main road. That's what we're looking at. But not too many people at the public forum liked the idea. Brian Johnson, a homeowner, was one of them. I just don't understand why 399 can't be involved and there's going to be a lot of houses, a lot of people affected. I know I wouldn't have bought the house and it was brand new two years ago on that spot if I knew this was going through because it's going to take a lot of my front front lawn. If the project makes it through all the hurdles, the county says it could be seven to ten years before construction even begins. 
A Texas man was arrested following a traffic stop on Interstate 10 in Pensacola yesterday. 42-year-old Ronald Lee Murray Jr. is charged with driving while license suspended or revoked and possession of a weapon, ammunition by a convicted felon. According to the Florida Highway Patrol, troopers stopped Murray near Exit 10 for following a dump truck too closely. After pulling him over, troopers discovered weapons, including handguns, ammunition, and anti-Semitic memorabilia inside the vehicle. They say Murray was confirmed to be a convicted felon with multiple felony convictions out on bond in Orange County. They also found he doesn't have a valid Florida driver's license. Murray was taken to the Escambia County Jail without bond. The city of Pensacola is targeting July 1st as the launching date for the new red light camera program. The cameras will be set up along 9th Avenue at Bayou, Airport, Fairfield, and Gregory intersections, along with Davis Highway and Fairfield Drive. Mayor D.C. Reeves says there's been a lot of misperceptions about the program, such as it's just a money grab and they'll shorten the length of the yellow lights. I'll typically write back and say, are you planning on running red lights in 2024? Uh, because, right. you know, that, that takes this conversation two different ways. Because if you're not, then what you're asking me is, is moot. If you are, uh, then we have to have a bigger conversation about why it's so important for our economic development to run red lights. City leaders say the locations were chosen based on traffic crash data from the last 10 years. In our forecast, look for cloudy skies with showers later this afternoon and a high of 63 today. Tonight, showers still hanging around. A low about 57. Tomorrow, showers early, becoming less numerous later in the day. High should be about 59. 55 in Pensacola, 54 in Gulf Breeze, and 51 degrees in Milton at 534. The next news is at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Why is Bray Jewelers the best place to buy an engagement ring? Come in and see our selection. I promise you, we have more diamond engagement rings than you'll see anywhere in the panhandle of Florida. But it's what you do for people that they don't expect that they remember. The little things that we do, we want to deliver special experiences for you at Beret. We love doing what we do and we love making people happy. We want every person that walks into the store to feel like you're part of our family. I want everybody to have an amazing experience at Beret Jewelers. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. For a limited time only, when you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com to learn more. Wrap up your day with all of the national, state, local sports and entertainment news with Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin on News Radio 923. out on calls uh they come in contact or they suspect something to be fentanyl or opioid based what these machines do is kind of like tell them is it fentanyl 
is a fentanyl base, basically for police safety. For the Pensacola Police Department, they came and did a request. Um, there was a, you know, a few less machines because of the number of officers. That request was 150,000 up from 80,000 that they had previously requested. This is uh, Tommy White with the Opioid Abatement Board talking to the Pensacola City Council last week in their agenda review session, uh, talking about how, you know, money that's coming from the opioid settlement is being asked for to be used by, uh, for example, Skimmy County Sheriff's Office. We talked to Chip Simmons about this to reimburse them for the purchase of these TrueNARC machines. We talked with uh, Santa Rosa County Sheriff last week about how they've had these machines for a while. Um, a couple of them, they want more. Uh, Scamby Sheriff, they had ordered them back in the summer, and they finally uh, got them, but they're working on getting the, you know, the training and implementation. And then PPD, that was a question we talked about with Mike Wood yesterday, the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good morning. So you guys are also trying to get some of the opioid uh, settlement money to use for these true narc, uh, you know, fentanyl detectors? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be another important tool that we could have. You know, the technology is there. And, you know, you know us, we're always reaching for for technology and and, uh, and finding different ways to make our jobs easier and and a lot more safer for our officers and the the people that we serve. Absolutely. And I I mean, I really I don't say this with an exaggeration. This is life saving technology to keep your folks from having to touch anything that might kill them potentially. And that's what fentanyl can do, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've had exposures to officers, as most agencies have. Uh, it's a very dangerous situation. Uh, it can get very bad very quickly, and uh, this will help a lot with that issue. Uh, speaking of technology, uh, Shot Spotter, of course, you guys have been using that for several months. Scamby County Sheriff's Office, Chip uh, Simmons told me that um, in the beginning there were a couple of, you know, uh, incidents and, you know, not very many substantial ones, particular, you know, kind of like trying out their guns kind of thing. There was, had been one shooting, I think. Um, you guys had a few in the beginning. Has it continued to be useful or has the, you know, has its reporting on the shots slowed down or where are we at? No, it's it's working for us. I mean, with any like any technology, there's going to be some snafus and and uh, things like that. But uh, overall, ninety five percent, we're I mean, it's spot on. It's working the way it should, and uh, we embrace it. And we would like to see the coverage get bigger someday. Uh, but it, but are you? Ha- I mean, I don't mean is it functioning properly. I mean, are you? Is it giving you shooting incidents that you respond to, or have you had very many calls based on it? Is more what I'm asking. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's in the area where where the uh, sensors are, of course we have. And in fact, the, the second activation that we had was a legitimate shooting. Shots were fired and nobody called 911. We would not have known about that shooting if Shot Spotter didn't exist. So it absolutely works. It's working for us and it has since day one. What are your thoughts about, um, I see that a couple of cities, major cities, including Chicago most recently, I think Charlotte was another one. There's another one. I can't remember now who it was. Um, they had shot spotter and they're now getting rid of it. Meanwhile, there's about 150 cities around the nation that use it. Uh, any thoughts on why they're getting rid of it uh, or you know, whether the reasons they're getting rid of it might be relevant for us here? No, I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine why, and I don't like to speculate, but I will in this case. And I would think something like that is as good as that program is. Um, I, you have to almost believe that there's politics involved somehow, some way in that. Um, so all I can say for sure for us is that it's working for us, and we're glad to have it. Okay, and the, the reports I read did indicate that it was about allegations that this led to more policing in poor-slash-black areas, that it was perceived as 
you know, sort of militarizing the police response into those areas that officers would show up ready to, you know, ready to tussle instead of ready to, you know, serve and protect. And, you know, that was kind of their claims. Um, but, you know, uh, that's Chicago and Chicago's not Pensacola. <laughs> you know, I understand that as well. Exactly. Uh, one of the things you guys had a report out that uh, you've been working with some car thefts, and I think you've either got or are looking for some car thieves. Is that right? Well, we've got two, and we're looking for one more. Um, the three were involved in several vehicle thefts, and um, the ironic thing is that all of these vehicles had the keys in them. And, uh, you know, we've said time and time again to please lock your vehicles and take the keys out. It's very easy to steal a vehicle. You know, with all this technology on how uh, vehicles are getting harder and harder to steal, it's very easy to steal them if the, the key fob is, is in the vehicle. So, so yeah, we're looking for one more, and uh, his name's Dante Morell. And, you know, when we find him uh, – you know, we're going to talk to him and uh, see exactly what they've got. You know, how, how are you getting these keys and that sort of thing? And, um, and I, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. We've just told people so many times to take the keys out and to lock the cars. Um, I'm not sure what else to do. Can, can I recommend a marketing strategy change? I don't know if this is going to work, but it suddenly occurs to me that everybody's been told not to keep your cars in your key, all, or your keys in your car all the time. They've been told this, that, you know, you know, lock your doors, keep your, they've been told all of that stuff. Maybe go the other way and say, you know, if what you're looking for is to get your car stolen and used in a drive-by shooting, by all means, please put those keys in the ignition. You could even do something like where the, you know, somebody's getting out of the car and they leave the keys in the car and you could say, and this moment of a gift to the thieves is brought to you by Hallmark. You know, <laughs> the, you know, something like that. Like yeah. this is almost like you got to do the, you know, all right, dummy. If you're going to keep doing this, you know, well, you're like, what would the rationale have to be to actually do this? And, you know, play it from the reverse psychology point of view. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I give up. But on the other side, most cars are not stolen. Most people do lock them. Most people do mm-hmm. take the keys out. So I have to throw that in there, too. Right. No, fair enough. Almost like the uh, show the car thief, you know, opening the car door, which is open, like, yes. And then he gets and there's a keys and he's like, Yes, and then you know. Anyway, that just I'm thinking alternative ways to make this point to people that are clearly not getting the point. The the few who aren't but are causing the problem. Uh, last thing I was like to end with a car myth or a cop, a cop myth or a, a did you know you have one for me this week? Uh, yeah, I do, and it's about the the myth that police officers and I, and I got this from watching and I've seen it a hundred times. Everybody else has too because it's a Christmas movie. Uh, watching Die Hard, and uh, I was thinking about the the when the Fed show up, how the local officers just can't stand them. The FBI takes over all the scenes, and that could not be any further than the truth. Uh, we embrace our state and federal partners. Uh, we work with them with task force and things like that. Uh, so that's not true at all. We can we can always use every bit of help we can get, and they feel the same way about us. I, I laugh. We just watched the um, the fugitive the other or no, no U.S. Marshals the other day, and you know you've told me this uh, previously, and so it's always in my mind when I'm watching these movies. I'm like. Ugh. <laughs> you know, the squabbling over, it's my jurisdiction, it's your jurisdiction. Don't take that case away from me, Lieutenant. You know, please take the case. I need some time. <laughs> you yeah. Know, just the, yeah. The, Somebody the, was to say, hey, we're going to take that case from you. I don't know too many officers that, or supervisors that are going to. Um, they're going to say no. Here's the gift wrapping. You know, <laughs> Go ahead, sir. All right. Uh, Mike Wood, he is the public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. As always, Mike, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. And it was kind of funny because after we had this conversation yesterday, the more I thought about that ad, the more, I don't know, the more interested in it I got. You know, like the um, the bad guy could 
creep up to a car, you know, in the middle of the day in somebody's driveway or at night, you know, although they, a lot of times it really is during the day, um, but, you know, at night. And then, you know, to just to visually show people what happens. And then he could, like, try the door of one that's locked and try the door of another and it's locked and try the door of one where it's open. He's like, yes. And then he could go into the car and he could be looking around and he finds the keys. Yes. And he could keep looking. And he could find a, a gun. And yes. And then he could drive off. I mean, I don't know. Just... I think somebody's creative enough that they could come up with a pretty good ad sequence on the basis of this premise. But, uh, you know, what do I know? I don't work in the ad field. Or do I? Five, <laughs> 5.45 on News Radio 92.3 and formative, local, dependable. Speaking of which, if you have a uh, hardware need of any kind or uh, – and I know Valentine's Day was, you know, Wednesday. So you might have missed your opportunity. But you might not think of Pensacola Hardware as a place to go for a date. Why not? Why not? It'd be different. I tell you from personal experience, being different in your dates is going to help you. 26 years of happy has shown that. So be different. Maybe going to Pensacola Hardware, that's a cool thing. That's something that she would really love to do. And maybe it's for the hardware that's in the main portion of the store, because they have all kinds of stuff there, obviously. Maybe it's for the housewares that are in the front. You know, Yeti merchandise and grills and cookware and, you know, gumbo pots and all of that. I don't I don't know. Just do something different, something interesting. Where you, Where'd you go for your date? Hardware store. Why not? I mean, I don't know. You know, know your person. That's always my rule. But if you need a project done, you need advice or, you know, whatever, or you build things for a living, Pensacola Hardware, a great place to get all of your hardware needs met. 20 East Gregory, right downtown, the oldest business in the entire state of Florida, helping people build, rebuild, and remodel Pensacola since 1851. Pinner Credit Union is here for every move-in day to the perfect home, every trip up the coast in the perfect car, for every business door unlocked, every dollar saved for something special, Every dream achieved, one goal at a time. We're here because Pinair Credit Union has been a part of this community since 1936. And with affordable lending, flexible accounts, easy access, and smart guidance, we're a perfect fit for the way you bank. Join us at Pinair.org. You'll fit right in. Insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are all words you hear a lot about in today's world. But what do they mean? How do you get started? You can start by tuning into the Pensacola Expert Panel this Monday at 10.30 a.m. Join me, Lexi Mendoza, and I'll show you how to navigate the fast-growing landscape of digital advertising this Monday at 10.30 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions, 850-437-1620. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. It's News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, AM 1620, the website, the app, or your smart device. It's news on your terms. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh. Oh. You bring an energy I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. 
That's just one of my favorite, favorite songs. I mean, that just makes me feel groovy every time I hear it. 548 on News Radio 92.3. It's Bones by uh, Galantis featuring One Republic. Uh, somebody texted me in and says, um, did you really just say that people leave keys in the car, that people leaving keys in the car uh, is the cause of this problem, really? So girls that dress skimpy are causing the problems of sexual assaults? Um, here's what I would say. Not only did I say it, <laughs> but the law enforcement folks I talk to all the time say the same thing. Leaving your car unlocked with the keys and a gun in it is the most definite way to encourage thieves to keep doing what they're doing. And then they use those cars in drive-by shootings, which is why the now the sheriff's office has to engage in high-speed chases and that's why they have to engage in um, you know pit maneuvers and damaged vehicles and risk lives, okay? A uh, person texts me back and says, so law-abiding citizens are the problem. Hmm, cool. Well, if you change your behavior, will it change the outcome? Oh, it doesn't make what they do okay. It doesn't make it not a crime. But you have an ability to make a difference on the level of crime in our community, and you choose not to. I mean, when I talk to the law enforcement officers, all they say the same thing. Every single one of the, almost every single one of these times when we find stolen vehicles, it was a car door that was unlocked. Somebody left their keys in it. These guns get stolen out of cars all the time. Yes. <laughs> you are part of the problem. Well, it's not my fault if somebody wants to come onto my property and, uh, you know, steal the $100,000 in cash that I was laying on the grass. That's not my fault. How was, how was that? My, I mean, it's my property. It's my stuff. How dare you blame me? Well, okay. I mean, you have something you can do better, right? And you know you know what's so funny, too, is I, I, I can't say for this person I'm texting with, but I know that sort of in general, this kind of mindset would be the first one to look at somebody else who did that and say, oh, what an idiot, Darwin Award winner, Right? 550 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Steve Taylor's in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve? Well, good morning. A candlelight vigil was held last night for the victims of the Kansas City Super Bowl victory rally shooting. A Wednesday's mass shooting left one woman dead and almost two dozen others injured, including many children. President Biden's going to travel to East Palestine, Ohio, later today, more than a year after the train de- uh, derailment there spilled toxic chemicals into the community. The White House says Biden will meet with residents impacted by the Norfolk southern train derailment and also assess the recovery efforts there and police in one connecticut town are on the lookout for a furry four-legged suspect his crime is predicting an early spring you see the guilford police department took to facebook this week to share a tongue-in-cheek post saying they're coming for chuckles the groundhog they say he's defrauding new englanders with his claims of a shorter winter after the area was coated (laughs) with snow yesterday so my question is if chuckles the groundhog is busted for being wrong does the same standard pertain to the groundhog's prognosticating human counterparts, otherwise known as TV weather people. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Are you talking about a class action fraud lawsuit against all forecasters? Oh, what an idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what is the, uh, there's a legal standard of uh, sort of plausibility of expectation or something along those lines, I think, that if you, you know, if no reasonable person would have believed that the offer was genuine, then, you know, 
There's, I think the defense would go somewhere in that direction. True. Uh, but interesting question, Steve. Thanks so much for the update. 552 on News Radio 92.3. Um, oh, and by the way, and the person who was disagreeing with me about the you know unlocked car with the gun in it, um, I actually sent him back and said, thanks for listening and disagreeing with me. I, and I genuinely mean that. I genuinely mean that. This is meant to be a you know conversation. This is meant to be something where you know we all participate. I that's I think for some people they would mean that snarky. I certainly don't. I love when people disagree with me. I love when people you know tell me where I've gotten something wrong because you should always want to hear from people who criticize you because you're either going to learn something that you didn't know or fix a problem that you had in your viewpoint already, or you'll realize that they're off base, which validates your belief in your viewpoint and either way you're better off your certainty is higher or your better viewpoint is better i mean you should always cherish people who disagree with that. that's what and this is i'm you know pontificating now but it's worth doing um you should appreciate your critics your friends sometimes won't tell you i mean some good friends will okay but sometimes your friends aren't going to either want to tell you the you know thing that's you're not going to like to hear or they'll be reluctant they will be unable to see it you know, friends sometimes have a bias where they can't see your flaws as well. And of course, real friends, they can see all your flaws, right? Um, but no, I always cherish people who disagree with me. Seriously, genuinely. I think that's part of the process. Uh, let's see, text here. Somebody says, uh, 437-1620. Andrew, they should make it a non-moving violation to leave your keys in the car, the vehicle running unattended. Um, oh, that already is. If you, uh, 90% sure. I know a lot of my cop friends are listening. Text me if I'm wrong about this. But uh, leaving the keys in a car that's running is, I Oh, I want to. Mm. Now that I've said it, I'm not sure. But I. Mm. Well, that <clears throat> when I deliver food, sometimes I, at Taco Bell, if I just got to run in and grab the bag and go, I'll leave that sucker running. I could be wrong, but I just yeah, I there's uh, there's something in that direct. It maybe has to do with like if there's kids in the car. Maybe that's what I'm mm. thinking of. Uh, in which case it is. Uh, therefore, the vehicle owner can be held responsible for being irresponsible. Many times you pull up to a gas station, we see cars running unattended. That's a thief's paradise. Um, yeah, it, I mean, encouragement of the crime, right? Uh, and uh, there was another one. Where did it go? Uh, you're, somebody says, you know, you're, you're not law-abiding uh, when, you leave your, uh, when you leave your unlocked car and a firearm in it. Which, again, just kind of take the case and play it out a little farther. You know, the keys and the gun in a car unlocked in your driveway, what would you think if somebody just left the gun on the grass six inches from the curb? You would think they're an imbecile, <laughs> right? I mean, that'd be a different case, but it's a different case by degree, not by category, not by kind, right? And so because what you would say is, yeah, okay, it's still your gun. It's still on your property. Nobody should take it, right? But what did you think was going to happen? That would be the criticism, right? 437-1620, Oh, somebody said, yes, it is illegal. Kids are not a uh, um, uh, law enforcement officer, so I appreciate that. Five, I, do, I do love you guys. You're, you're just so smart. Uh, 555 on News Radio 92.3. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, this, this was just kind of a, I don't know, note, I would say. You know how for the longest time there was this total mythology that we're overpopulating the world? You know that's not true, right? I mean, go to Nebraska. I just, you know, FYI. Um, but, you know, it started with, like, there was a Middle Ages monk, you know, a guy named Malthus who kind of started this back in the day. And then you had John Ehrlich and the population bomb in the 70s. And you had this notion that we're running out of everything. And therefore, we got to stop making so many babies because babies are destroying the world. You might have heard this more recently in the form of carbon pollution. 
Um, you know, babies are bad because they belch and fart and, you know, they make waste. And, you know, that's why you got to stop making so many babies because humans are the problem. Or <laughs> we're not running out of anything, not ever. Uh, technology solves for these problems and, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, but some countries definitely internalize this concern, notably China and India, most notably China. And they engage in the one child policy. And that led to all sorts of problems like, you know, killing babies that were female, uh, you know, abortion regularly. You know, they had laws against it. Okay. And then what happened is they realized, uh oh, it worked. Right? You know the reports that the um, the rate of reproduction in places like China has declined so much, and you see this in other you know countries. Japan is another example of this, where we're not making enough babies to replace, and in fact, we're not we're certainly not making enough to support the gradually extending gray population as we live longer and need you know subsidy and benefits for longer. Um, you know, the longer people live, the more you need kids in order to you know keep building the Ponzi scheme of giving them their social security, right? I mean, that's the basic issue. Well, now China, which we knew had changed its policy, had abandoned its one-child policy and is saying, no, 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 go have sex. <laughs> go, 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 go make babies. Well, now the report is, is that China, it's even worse than we had thought because China, which um, had been just sort of on a concern trajectory, is now on a decline trajectory. Uh, trajectory. The projection is that by uh, 2100, so you got, you know, 60 years, but these things think, take time to happen, 75 years, sorry. China's population of 1.4 billion is projected to drop by as much as 60% by the end of the century. This is according to a Chinese think tank, the Shanghai Academy of Social Sciences, SAS, great acronym. From 1.4 billion to 525 million. More people died in China than were born in China for the second consecutive year last year. Last year, they had projected it to be 62 million higher, so at right around 587, and now 525. In other words, the population decline in China is not just, you know, slow growth, no growth. It's negative growth over time. We already have it for two years in a row. And you say, well, what does that have to do with me? Well, first of all, don't ever buy into the mindset of we're running out of things. Also, this is going to be a massive challenge for China as their population ages and fewer and fewer people are productive in supporting them. So uh, just kind of be aware and then guard against that and, um, you know, do what your Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> That's good advice for an awfully long time. Great recipe for a healthy civilization. At 558 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What else do we have going on? Um, oh, the uh, Valerie's House, 2024, helping uh, Leadership Pensacola is helping Valerie's House. A uh, great place that helps children and families work through the loss of a loved one together. Uh, helping redo the grounds. You can find out more and make a donation at newsradio923.com. I will have Pensacon tickets to give away later in the show. Be listening. Be fast to dial. I always give them away to people who are fast to dial. And the Pensacola Society, Humane Society's annual furball comes up Saturday, March 6th. Black tie event at the Yacht Club, NewsRadio923.com. Local news every hour and breaking news when it matters most. News Radio 923, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.